All right. So, um, Catherine, how are you? <laughs> Clay, I'm very well. Yeah, very you. well. All right. Very good. I wanted to, I mean, I mean, the, the purpose of this, this, this conversation is I kind of wanted to pick your brain about the virtual training space. Now we're both traditional trainers and have a background in that. In fact, just tell everybody about your background. Let you kind of explain where you're coming from, because I've got some specific questions about for you for the virtual training piece. But let's hear about who you are. So um, originally, my background is the world of corporate finance. Great fun, yeah, man. Um, and that <laughs> that was my journey into, as you described, traditional training. You know, your, your design, your delivery of your face-to-face stuff, and about. 16 years ago, um, left that world and set up Red Training, which was your typical, still exists, typical traditional training consultancy. Um, at about I don't know, eight or nine years ago, as part of what we were doing at Red, we started to introduce some virtual workshops as part of bigger programs, so more of a blended approach. Um, and they were working well. Um, I have to say, I found it very challenging to begin with, but stuck with it because I like the concept. Right. Um, and that side of our business grew and grew and grew. So around two years ago, we started the virtual training team as a sister company, really to Red, but to really focus on on that side of um, on that side of training. Okay, so cool. So what I'm interested in, and I know that I, you know the sort of traditional kind of answers to this question, as in. What's the benefit of the virtual training? I know the cost, sort of savings in that aspect, but I want to know from your point of view, what, why stop, why, why, what's the real attraction to you? What is the, you know, the sort of the attraction to you and the really big benefit of working in that, that kind of way? So what, yeah, what's the, yeah. what's the thing like? The thing, the, the thing, thing that's getting more and more and more excited these days, Clay, is that whole idea of, learning for all, um, learning and development for everyone equally, wherever you were based. You know, it's uh, inclusivity is high on the agenda at the moment. And training and development has been something, the traditional approach that we've had in the past hasn't always been inclusive because of where people are based. You know, a lot of organizations have, um, understandably, you know, their face-to-face training happens in headquarters or, or hubs. And if you were based somewhere on the far reaches of Scotland or in Luxembourg and you're a a satellite office, then either you have to travel to get that training or you don't get it. And sometimes they're out of the budgets for the travel. So people often just miss out. Yeah. And that's not fair. Okay. So I know it makes it in that sort of space. And um, so in terms of, um, I don't know if you, the, the sort of concept of the networked world, and I don't know if you kind of follow that, the rationale or the, the sort of the, the, the thinking space of that, you know, learning in the networked world, you kind of see that buzzword phrase um, kicking around. How does that sort of tie in what, what, what you do? Well, again, the whole principle of virtual training, you know, I get to deliver sessions with people dialed in from across the globe. So, for their perspective, they're connecting and networking with people from um, different parts of their business, different departments, different locations with different perspectives. Um, so it's it's great for all of that. 
Okay, well, that's good. So, because I'm, I'm quite fascinated. I mean, you know, I've been training for, what, 18 years or so, or 18, 20, I don't know, something like that, <laughs> been in the gig. And increasingly, I'm finding um, the sort of digital space is a good place to kind of be from a blended learning perspective, mm-hmm. from this idea of the networked uh, world, as in, as you say, so increasingly you're having... Uh, workforces that are geographically dispersed and yeah. you know we, we might not all be in the same place and um, does that mean you know we have to isolate ourselves and just do sort of maybe an a e-learning piece that's sort of static or mm-hmm. is there a way for us to come together um, and be able to learn wherever we are and if you could for me just separate the difference between the sort of webinar and the virtual training, because there's a distinct difference between those two. And I, I think sometimes it gets lost that it's not a webinar, because I think that's what a lot of people see is the one way transmission. And yeah. I just get to sort of, you know, talk to the instructor via chat. So how, how do the, those two things differ? I'm so pleased you asked that question because there's so many misconceptions and preconceptions that people have because they think they know that virtual workshops are one thing when they're not, they're something else. And it absolutely, you're right, they're very different from a webinar. So if you think about a webinar, it's very much led by the presenter and the participants are audience members, whereas a virtual workshop, if you get it right, then we're very much in it together. So it's a conversation rather than a presentation, right. you know, and informal. So people are just like we are now, we're, you know, we're not in the same room. We're having a conversation. Um, the technology, again, if you use it well, can really enhance all of that. Um, but very different feel, very much as I say, it's a conversation, not a presentation. So give me a feel for what it'd be like. Granted, we're on audio now, so you're going to <laughs> you're have to bring this to life with your words. So what's it like to do a virtual tra- training? Okay, so if you were a participant, um, you would enter the virtual classroom or the virtual training room um, via some sort of platform. So it could be Zoom or um, WebEx or or Microsoft Teams even. But as soon as you log in and um, your voice is activated, I'm now, you can see my face, and it's, hi, I'm Catherine. Hi, Clay, how are you? Um, How's your day been? And we're just having a conversation. And then the next person logs in. And it's like, oh, Clay, there's Victoria. Have you guys met? And then you start having a conversation. And just like you would in a face-to-face setting, Hmm. we just start by having a natural conversation. And is this all video or just all voice? Can everybody see each other? It it can be either. If you can get people on video, it's fantastic. Hmm. Um, it, It feels even more real. I mean, the audio approach is great too and often we run um, our virtual sessions with just audio but still on the platform um i know some people are a bit uncomfortable about being on camera but it does make a difference um i'm certainly always on camera but sometimes if um the internet's not great then the camera can interfere with things like bandwidth um so yeah great if you can have camera but it doesn't always have to be that way um and then, you know, as soon as the, the training itself starts, then there might be a welcome slide to say, um, so, you know, what do you think about, um, let's take inclusivity as a topic. What do you think about inclusivity um, in your team? How high on the agenda is it? And then on the screen, we might have a zero to 10 scale and people right. can, you can actually point and say, you know, I'm, I'm pointing at number seven and I might come to you, Clay, and say, 
great, so you're pointing at number seven, Clay. Where did that number come from? Tell me more about it. So we're having a conversation. So, you know, you can even go off into virtual breakout groups um, and have smaller conversations just like you would in face-to-face and, and use whiteboards and brainstorm and work on scenarios. So that it's really, you can get really creative actually with what you can do and get it right. It's not it's not that dissimilar to face-to-face except you can't smell people. <laughs> right, so that's that's the only sense that's missing, isn't it? <laughs> Is the sort of smell aspect, but you can see, you can hear, um, and you know, it's 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 very two way ish mm-hmm. or always because everybody right. is on, isn't it? So they can kind of also the talk and the interactivity that that you get out of there. And I think one of the things that I, when you know, when I've done virtual training in the past, the whole breakout session, I don't think many people realize that as well, where you can mm-hmm. actually go into separate spaces just like you would in the traditional classroom to say go yeah. in the breakout area have a discussion come back and sort of share with with uh the group in that sort of space mm. so what are you seeing um as the challenge for companies to switch to this this mode of training because it, you know even like in the number of different places that i've been working in this year there's still you know people want to go into a classroom even though that it's not you, you, we don't have to <laughs> people <laughs> i guess there's this thing that you're you know are you training if you're not in the classroom yeah do you, do you come not, up against that or yeah all the time you know this comment if you can't you know you've got to be able to see the whites of their eyes to you know to get the message across it's fascinating isn't it because you know we've all made the change to having um, virtual conversations and virtual meetings, you know, dial-ins, audios, uh, web conferencing. We've been doing that for years, and yet still that whole idea of that if it's training, we've got to be in a room together seems quite bizarre. Mm. Um, I think a lot of the challenge is mindset. I mean, if you look over um, in the States, about two-thirds of organizations are already using virtual training with about another 22% looking to start using virtual training soon. So it's happening. Uh, it's coming. I mean, it's here in many organizations already. Um, but I think a lot of it is about mindset. And what we found so often is you get people on that first one and you do an amazing job and they're like, this isn't what I was expecting at all. It was so interactive. I felt safe with the technology. I thought I was going to rock up and just spend an hour checking emails while somebody was just talking in my ear. Right. Um, But it would be great to be able to have people understand the benefits and know that it's going to be a great experience before they actually come along. But, But that's why we do lots of demos. As soon as we do a demo and say, look, experience it, people are like right now i get it now now i get it it. and how do you work the virtual training with the blended approach so friends you know we'll come into the classroom virtual as this one is but then how do you integrate um the follow-on and and you know handouts and so how do you get around that sort of space um, so like a typical blended program, say it was a management development program, you mm. might get all the managers together in a room for the kickoff if we were going for that blended approach and, and start the learning journey there. And then maybe once a month we'd get together to um, have a virtual training session on a particular topic, like maybe um, delegation or feedback or managing um, underperformance, that sort of thing. So they would actually come together virtually. But in terms of handouts, again, you can create virtual handouts. So we um, 
we call them playbooks and they're interactive PDFs so people can still download them and type their notes into them and save them. Um, and what we're finding now as well is more participants actually, rather than organizations, but participants themselves, when we do face-to-face -face stuff, they're asking for electronic copies of the handouts. They don't right. want paper anymore. More and more people are embracing that paperless um, approach. I like it going all, going all virtual. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I use my iPad quite a lot now. I don't yeah. I take all my notes and stuff in there, just going to write them even um, as opposed to typing, like in OneNote yeah. and things like that. So you do a lot of training trainers in this space as well. And I believe you yeah. have some stuff coming up. So how what is what does that look like in terms of if I wanted to get into being a so is it a vastly different skill? I guess that's what I'm asking. So if I'm a, you know, I've been doing stand-up delivery for 10, 15, 20 years now, is it a huge leap of faith for me to to change to virtual? Or what's, what are some of the different skills that, what are, what are some of the skills that are similar and what are some of that are different? And in this training that you do, how do you take people on a, a journey, that transition journey, if they're just, if they're transitioning? If you're already an amazing face-to-face -face trainer, then you can absolutely make the transition to virtual. As long as you're aware that there are just some additional skills that you need to um, embrace. Because as you said, a lot of the stuff that's relevant face-to-face -face, um, is still relevant in virtual. It's just that much more important. So for example, in a face-to-face -face delivery, um, one of our guiding principles that we have in both RED and the virtual training team is purpose, 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 yeah? So everything you do, everything that you're designing, every question that you ask, everything you deliver, moves you towards the whole purpose of the workshop. You know, what are you trying to achieve? And if it doesn't move you further towards that, it doesn't go in, you edit it out. So that's relevant in both, but it's so much more important in virtual because you're fighting for attention and it's bite-sized. So you have to be super selective in what stays in, in terms of content, but everything, as soon as you lose someone for a minute or half a minute, because they think something isn't relevant, then they're gone. They're checking their email. They're, they're catching up on, um, on Facebook. So it's just so everything just becomes like dialed up and it's super more important. Right. Cause I suppose that is a big challenge because you can't, you can't see what the person's doing in their space. Yeah. And so how do you keep their attention? How do you know, as you say, that they're not on mute <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're, they're doing something completely other than actually really paying attention? It's a great question. So if you have everyone with their webcam on, that's a lot easier because it's pretty obvious. Then you can see them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also some of the platforms like WebEx, if people actually leave the WebEx screen and, and open up a different application on their um, laptops, right. you get a red exclamation mark. A little, a little Big Brother action like, going on there. Yeah. Hey, Clay, what are your thoughts? I like on? it. Um, but also uh, what what we um, encourage our coaches to do is to just keep a track of who's contributing when and getting lots of regular contribution as well. So if I know I notice that you've been maybe a bit quiet for a few minutes, I might then come to you and ask you a direct question, which I'm much less likely to do in a face-to-face -face setting. So I'm just checking in with you really. Not questions that would put you on the spot yeah. or a question that has like a right or wrong answer. It would just be asking your, your thoughts or opinion or experience on something. So do you find so, that you have to build in, a, a, as you said, I think you said dial it, dial it up some more in terms of the interactivity, so create more spaces for people to have to interact? Definitely, and it's worth 
thinking that through. I think in face-to-face, you can think on your feet and fly by the seat of your pants a lot easier than you can in a virtual environment. And what we find is that um, trainers that are new to it, the two most the two biggest concerns they have is a slight fear of the technology, right. uh, which is fair enough. But, you know, what? it's like driving a car. Once you're used to it, it's super easy. Um, and the second one is creating conversation. So if you were in a face-to-face room, you could ask an open question to the group and you'd look everyone in the eye and, and somebody would answer. Whereas the danger of doing that in a virtual workshop is the tumbleweed because what if nobody answers? So it's important to think quite carefully about the questions that you do ask. So you're asking them in a very specific way, either to a specific person, or maybe you might ask the question to the group, but direct people to put their answers into the chat or um, to point at something on the screen or to put an emoji up that describes their reaction. But then what you would do is go to them and say, okay, Clay, so you've put, um, you've put a confused face there or you've put this comment in chat. Tell me more about that. Tell us all about that. What does that mean? Um, so there's more thought about how we get interaction in the virtual world, okay. definitely. Because you just mentioned a few things there. So just to kind of make them a little bit more clear, um, what are your what are some of the engagement tools that you can use? So you mentioned like emojis um, and you mentioned uh-huh. the chat. So what are those objects that are um, inherent in a virtual training classroom that you can use to build interactivity around? There's loads of stuff and it's it's building as well. More stuff's coming in all the time and it, and it does depend which platform you use. But generally the stuff that you've got is, yeah, your chat, people can share emojis or even GIFs in some of the platforms, which can be quite entertaining. They could do things like raise a virtual hand. So press a button and a, and a hand pops up next to their name um, or they can put a tick or a cross in terms of whether they agree or disagree with something. Um, with the breakout rooms, you can then open whiteboards where people draw type um ideas what else can we do can you do polls inside of these can you do polls yeah yeah you can do polls you can share videos you can share desktops um what else you know you can create a poster so almost like a virtual poster so people go into a breakout room there's a poster waiting for them for them to fill in some ideas um all sorts of stuff all sorts of stuff okay so it sounds sounds like a a very intense Things that, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do to make that session very interactive and engaging. It sounds yeah. like, yeah. So yeah. No, that's really good. So, um, and one of the questions was just in my head. I was thinking, if I was, you know, just starting my training journey, do you would you recommend? So, could I be a virtual trainer? Period, and should I go that route or? Yeah. or is it you know go be a traditional trainer and then transition over or or blend but could i could i just say you know what um i want to be a trainer but i'm going to go the sort of virtual online ish could i build a a space for myself that way yeah absolutely of course you could because it it's growing and i think you know future-proofing yourself it's Mm. worth it's worth thinking ahead and being ready for um you know, as organizations are more and more saying we need to we need to get in this space, so we need trainers to help us in that space. So there's definitely opportunity there. And what we see is a lot of trainers, they'll they'll sort of have a go and then have a bit of a wobble because they go, oh, right, okay, 
um, I didn't quite get the interaction that I wanted and that the technology didn't quite do what I wanted. And that's generally when they come to us and say, can you help? I need to boost my confidence and my, my competence here. And we're, of course, like, absolutely, because it doesn't take a lot. I mean, practice, practice, practice is yeah. really important. But if you've got the basics and you know how to create that interaction, how to use the technology so that it enhances what you're doing, then it's just a case of going ahead and doing it and enjoying it. It's like, that's so important. You've got to enjoy it and find your mojo with it. Find your mojo with it. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the things that when I first started doing a virtual training that I really loved it, um, especially when you don't have the video on it, I felt like they all sort of, Howard Stern radio yeah. DJ guy doing my thing, um, you know, and, and I, I found that, yeah, I, I enjoyed that, that part of it. Um, I was going to say what, cause you mentioned the technology and sometimes people are fearful of it. Um, and I think maybe another thing that isn't as known or people don't appreciate is how far the technology has moved along because I know in the beginning yeah. of it, it was a lots of technical issues that would happen and then that would frustrate people and then that would interfere with the learning. And so people then just started shying or shunning away from it because the virtual training has been around for a, quite a long time. I mean, when yeah. I started in training in like 2000, we were doing WebExes and running wow. the sort of virtual, you know, big, you know, I did a rollout with Merrill Lynch and we was rolling because it, it needed to go to every office that they had. And again, the, at that time the cost of bringing all these people together if you think about the state so we were running these virtual uh training sessions so that you and across the state so people would just kind of come in from all sorts um but it was very very newish then (laughs) um and easy to fall over and i don't know if people just got you know that's what their experience of it has been so how how has it moved on it's a really good point because you're right, and you, you hear people saying, oh, we tried that five years ago and it was awful. And it's like, well, actually, not only has the technology come out a long, a long way, um, people's broadband speed has improved. Yes. <laughs> and also users, you know, participants are much more um, used to using technology because people are using WhatsApp and, and Facebook and, you know, Zoom, and, and people are having FaceTime with their family. So a lot of individuals are much more comfortable with the technology as well as the technology, sorry, being much more stable and way more advanced than it used to be. Okay, great. So tell us a little bit in this sort of final uh, segment here about the, because you're doing a train the trainer, the training trainers and being virtual trainers. (laughs) So tell us a little bit more about that course and what ones you've got coming up in the future so what happens on these I guess is what I'm asking you and then yeah well we're really excited because um traditionally we've run in-house programs so Mm. you've got an organization they've got a team of trainers we go in and we and we train them up but there are so many I heard somebody say recently that there are if you google trainers there's um there are more trainers in the UK than there are hairdressers really I don't know know if that's true I got to get out of this business (laughs) It's overcrowded market. Yeah, it's like, yeah, so anyone can say they're a trainer, can't they? But we realize that there are so many people um, like us that are out there doing our own thing. And also, there, you know, 
learning and development teams are shrinking. So a lot of organizations don't have their own trainers anymore, or they might just have a couple. So we said, well, why not offer our training out as an open program so people can come, you know, they can um, independently come along and join our training. And we've had a really positive response. It's really exciting. Um, even from people who have already had some basic training, it's like, I know how to use the platform, but I want to really make my design fly or my, my delivery super interactive. So our open program is, um, it's very, it's quite intense, but in a really positive way. Um, Cause there are programs out there that can take like five and six weeks. And we know that often as individuals, you just want the results and you want them quickly and you want to mm. start using this stuff. So we've designed um, a day of intense how to design how to deliver um amazing virtual workshops that are super focused on learning transfer and it sounds like a long time to be um online for a whole day it sounds like a lot but actually it, it's not it's amazing the time absolutely flies and we've had loads and loads of feedback of people saying well i thought that was going to be really tough but it wasn't i forgot that i wasn't on a face-to-face -face train the trainer and then what we do is we come back just a week later um so people have a chance to put together a short workshop and then try it out you know in that safe space try it out deliver it get some feedback get some ideas um to take forward and that's the the official piece, but then we've got master classes that are in the um, in the planning phase as well on how to create conversation and how to hang things together and how to deal with um, difficult participants or what to do when the technology goes wrong. So all of that's in the pipeline as well. Okay, and do I have to be an experienced trainer? So are you? Is this for trainers already existing? Are you helping me to pick up a new skill as in virtual training? Or if I have no training ability, is this course for me? Or is it, yeah, what experience level do I need to have to be a part yeah. of TTT? It's a good question. You would um, you would get most out of it if you already are an experienced trainer. Right. Um, a lot of the people that are expressing interest are saying things like, I've had a go at virtual. I'm a trainer. I've had a go at virtual. I need, you know, I need some input to really get great at this. That's the majority. But having said that, we have done train the trainers with, um, te technical geeks who had never delivered any training at all um, to help them with some of their sort of online education with um, their colleagues, and they got loads from it. Right, and do you go over the uh, over the different platforms and stuff like that? So is is that part of it, or do you just use a particular platform and show them how they use that, or is there a? Is That's there again, a, yeah, great things, Clay. <laughs> the right stuff. Um, so. Um, our initial ones are on WebEx, um, but the, and we're not really doing too much about how to use WebEx, although we are providing a playbook that has a, like ABC, this is how you log on, this is how you set up a breakout group, all of that. Um, but the plan is for future um, open programs to be on different platforms. So then if you happen to use Adobe where you work, then you can come along to the Adobe one. If you use Zoom, you can come along to the Zoom one. Right, gotcha. Okay, now that's good stuff. All right, so TTTs, when do you got the next one coming up and how can I get myself booked on to one if I want to make the leap? Yeah, we've got um, a couple. Our next two are in January, another one in February. Um, one of the, and you're asking me in the dates aren't in front of me, but the, one of the January ones um, where probably running for most people in the States. And we've done that purposefully just because of the time zones. So that one will run, you know, like UK time, lunchtime into the evening, 
but it suits people in the States. And then another one that will be like GMT, traditional sort of um, 9.30 till 4.30. But if you, if you want to find out more about the whens and the hows and the whos and the whats, um, anyone listening, get in touch with me. It's um, the easiest way is hello at the virtual training team.co.uk or look me up on LinkedIn. Okay, awesome. And if you can shoot me the dates, I can add them to the okay, uh, show notes to this. And if you shoot me a link to, they can just go ahead and sign up straight Yay. from the link. <laughs> that would be good too. So they don't have to do a lot of searching. Let's make it easy for people to to do, to get on board that. Okay, so great. Now that's 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 interesting. Um, and look forward to hearing more about the sort of virtual training space i think it's just a huge opportunity to do a number of different things i mean if you think about how you can um you know the you know the MOOCs and things like that how you can make those even more robust um and some of the other platforms like learn worlds and think of how can you bring those aspects more alive to include the sort of virtual training aspect in addition to um your sort of self-paced e-learning piece so I think just in terms of being in learning and development, it seems like it's a great time to be in the field because there's so many ways yeah. that we can help people to learn. Yeah, it's so exciting, isn't it? It's never been more versatile and mm. um, and easy as it is now. And you know what I want to do? I can't wait to get my AI clay so, <laughs> <laughs> so I can just program him and then turn him and he can do all my, and I can be on my yacht. <laughs> Or golfing or what have you. Uh, yeah. If only that would be amazing. Yeah, that's coming, isn't it? You know, that's the next big thing. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot for that, and um, appreciate it. Thanks. Oh, thanks, Clay.